Hi, I'm Beck Rayner and this is the Military Life Podcast, a podcast that celebrates, empowers, supports, informs and embraces the spouses beside the military members by building connections, acknowledging our strength, focusing on self-care and our mental health. Let's do this together. Want to join a bank that just gets Defence Life? Defence Bank is one of Australia's largest customer-owned banks. They have 33 on-base branches across Australia, an award-winning banking app that allows you to do all your banking wherever and whenever you want. And with products and services tailored for ADF members and Defence spouses, you'll wonder why you didn't join sooner. Visit defencebank.com.au today and see how easy your banking can be. Welcome, Christy, to the Military Life Podcast. Thanks, Beck. Great to be here. You and your husband have been together for how long? Tell us how you met. Yeah, so my husband and I are celebrating our 10th wedding anniversary this year. Um, We've been together almost 13 years and we have two gorgeous little boys who are three and one. We met when we were in our early 20s. We were both living in Sydney at the time. I worked in marketing for a big consumer bank. When you met, was he... In defence, joining defence, possibility of defence, what was the situation? Yeah, my husband was in an infantry role at the time. He was already in defence. You started the relationship, he was already in Mm defence. What were the expectations of what defence life would be like in those early stages? When you got together, was there any information sharing from your then partner about what it might be like? Did you have any expectations? I had never dated anyone in the ADF before, but my dad was a reservist when I was a little kid and my grandpa was an Air Force pilot. So I had a bit of an understanding of what defense life would be like from a family sense. But to be honest, in the early stages of our relationship, defense wasn't a huge part of my life. My husband, then boyfriend, had a slightly unusual job, I guess, compared to all the other guys I dated before him. They were mostly in professional roles like me. He went away on trips fairly regularly, but I guess my life and my career were largely unchanged. I traveled for work a lot as well. I had a really great life. I lived in the eastern suburbs of Sydney and I was really happy. My career was on a really good trajectory despite the GFC back then, and I had built a really great professional network. What point did defence creep into your life and it's easy enough when you first get together and you've got your thing happening, they've got their thing happening and you Mm. kind of, okay, you're doing your thing, I'm doing my thing. But when did it sort of intertwine and what was it like when some of the challenges started to come up and actual defence life started to become part of the picture? I think it probably was a real change point for us after we got engaged. Quite shortly after that, my husband was sent on a crash posting to Queensland. I had to resign from my job, pack up our house pretty much right away. For the first time in my life, I didn't have a job to go to, and that was something that was really unusual for me. I had worked in a number of roles within financial services and having to sort of give that all up at really short notice. He posted up to Queensland within two weeks and I was left living in a hotel because we had to give up our house to take a new DHA home in Queensland. It was a bit shocking. It it was a lot to sort of take in all at once, but it was new and it was exciting. And I was moving with my fiance and we were getting married and it was all part of the bigger picture, I guess. But I think if I hadn't perhaps had exposure to defence or an understanding of what that might look like, it could have been something that would be a lot more difficult. Oh my gosh, two weeks notice. That is a true crash posting. It was really interesting. And I remember walking into a meeting the next day and having to tell my boss that I would need to leave. And my notice period was obviously longer than two weeks, hence why I had to sort of stay behind and sort things out for a little while. Oh my gosh, so you stayed behind and you were living in the hotel 
hotel down there, like working out your period of notice. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> One of the many long hotel stints I've done over my time as a military wife. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so once you eventually moved up to be with your partner, once the dust settled, what was the reality of, okay, I've just left my career that was going great guns mm. to now I have to start fresh. Like, where did you even start? I think it was challenging for me. I had actually not spent any time in Brisbane. I grew up in New South Wales, lived in Sydney after I finished university. I had only sort of visited the Gold Coast and Noosa and holiday places like that. Living in Brisbane was really different for me. Back then, it was quite a small town. It had a really sort of country town flavor. I remember that when I first lived there, grocery stores went open after 5 p.m. on Saturday and I found that very confusing first of all. But as I said, I didn't have a job to go to. I didn't really have a professional network in Brisbane and that was difficult for me. Um, Coming from a financial services background, most big banks and organizations sort of had their head offices in either Sydney or Melbourne at that time and there were limited opportunities for me in Brisbane. When I look back at the jobs that I worked in at that time, they were not things that I would have expected, but they turned out to be wonderful, rich experiences that sort of coloured parts of my career, but also were things I truly enjoyed. I did a marketing contract at a big winery, which was amazing. It was so much fun. And that would have obviously been an opportunity that you may not necessarily have had if you had stayed in your location and been comfortable in the career that you had already. Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, it's something that I wouldn't have had the opportunity to do. There are no wineries, unfortunately, in the eastern suburbs of Sydney. So that was a real blessing coming to Brisbane and finding that opportunity. I had to give up some really great roles due to the realities of my husband needing to provide unrestricted service. You know, you lose out on things like bonus payments, promotions. You sometimes have to take a step back and take a more junior role at a lower salary. And that's something that we may not need to experience had we not been the partner of someone in the defense force. Yeah. And of course, that impacts things like even getting to the point where you can have long service leave and gaps in your super. And that impacts you in the future. You you may Mm. not be thinking about it now, but then when you sort of look back and see gaps in your employment or you've been underemployed at different points, that's obviously going to impact your financial future in regards to your super, but also Mm. your current life and leave entitlements and Mm. just being able to have that work-life balance in that sense as well. Oh, absolutely. You know, and things like that are a safety net for a lot of people. When you have to change jobs regularly, some postings people post every two years. And if you're a partner, you'll be looking at a new job every two years. You don't have the luxury of building up annual leave. You start a new job and you've got half a day of annual leave after two months. And it doesn't give you an opportunity to rest and relax or spend time with your partner or your children and travel. And that's something that can be really, I guess, disappointing for people. I think about my husband, he has worked in the Defence Force for almost 15 years now. He's got his long service leave saved up and it would be so lovely to be able to travel and spend that time with him. But unfortunately, I don't have long service leave. I've not worked at a company for longer than five years was my longest stint. And that to me seems like a very long time compared to some of my peers. It's a huge amount of time. And then also, like you mentioned, being able to build up that leave because the majority of time you have been posted away from friends and family and you want to take Mm. the time to go back and visit them. But you also want to have, you know, when you have kids or when you have a partner that's deployed or away and you want to spend that time together. So it's balancing like, okay, well, I've got three days of leave. How do I use that? I'm so lucky that I have skills that are easily transferable and I've got some really great, really solid experience behind me. But finding an employer that supports serving members and their families and having that reality of your own professional experiences and expectations is actually really challenging. 
What employment do you have at the moment? And like you mentioned, how is that going to work when you do post out of the area? You're, I think you mentioned that you've previously been in a field or you have skills that are easily transferable, but how is it going to work with your current job? I joined the PwC Career Evolution Program earlier this year. I found out about the Career Evolution Program via social media. I had some past colleagues who worked at PwC and they talked about how much they loved working for the firm. I really connected with the firm's values and I was excited about the opportunities for working on really meaningful pieces of work. When I took the role, it was part of a program that is tailored towards supporting veterans and spouses of serving members, both past and present, to be engaged and meaningful employment while having the flexibility to support their families and their serving members, which is really important. So we're likely to continue, I guess, between Brisbane, Sydney and Canberra at this point in my husband's career. And I've discussed this with my team leader and my partner at the firm, and they're really supportive of that. I'm actually currently part of a team based in Canberra and I work remotely from Brisbane. I travel every now and then, and it's really a great proof point that I can do my role from anywhere. Having the option to be able to take your job with you and basically work from anywhere, like remote work options, that's Mm -hmm. a great thing for any defence partner to hear of an employer. Does that give you a sense of comfort that if, for instance, you get another crash posting and have two weeks notice or you are waiting on a posting order at that, you know, in the middle of the year, like we all sort of are on tender hooks waiting for that posting order to come through, what location will it be? Does that sort of give you a sense of comfort as in, well, I actually don't really need to worry because I can take my employment anywhere. I just need to figure out all the other stuff that comes with moving. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's the most reassuring part of it for me, knowing that my employment can continue, but also my career. I don't need to give up what I'm doing and in the midst of packing and selecting a house on home find and finding school for my kids, also need to find a place for me, for myself, so that I can have, you know, a fulfilling and meaningful career as well. Even this week, I was at like a new starter training and I met someone that used to be a physiotherapist and he's now a consultant in our health practice. And I think for me, that was a real proof point that you don't need to be coming from a business role or like have a degree in finance or law or some of those traditional backgrounds that you associate with consulting. The diversity of experience and perspective is so important to tackling some of the challenges that our clients face. That's really where defense partners can add value there because they come from such a diverse range of backgrounds. You know, they've had to face some really interesting challenges in their own personal and professional lives. And that's the kind of, you know, people that we're looking to add to the firm to really add diversity of thinking and diversity of experience. I don't like the overuse of the word resilience. I like adaptable. I think defence partners are very adaptable in the fact that they just have to get things done that might not necessarily be resilient. They don't have a choice about that, but they have to be adaptable (laughs) in how they make something work, how they have an outcome, how they juggle two kids that are sick and work or, Mm. you know, a crash posting, like we're just adaptable. No, I agree. And I've certainly been really lucky. Like even over the last couple of months, my husband was away for almost nine weeks on a training course. My two kids got sick. I got sick. I didn't really have any backup carers here in Brisbane, but my employers and, and, you know, my team at work was so understanding and so flexible. Um, You know, I was taking meetings with my one-year-old balanced on my lap, waving at the camera, and that's just something that's seen as a natural part of life at the firm. We all have families and partners and children and hobbies and even other caring obligations. I'm really lucky in the flexibility that I have 
I work a lot from home. As you can see, this is my little home office here. I travel into the city to work from our Brisbane office too. But having that type of flexibility really allows me to not only work for meaningful projects, but spend meaningful time with my kids. If I had to commute into the city every day, I'd probably be popping them in daycare at 6am and picking them up at 6pm, trying to frantically feed them a semi-nutritious dinner before I pop them to bed to start it all over again. And just having the flexibility to spend time with them in the morning, you know, go for a walk to the park before we go to daycare, pick them up in the afternoon when there's still sunshine out, really helps to make our days so much better. And aside from the fact that defence partners aren't necessarily like they were 30 years ago where they were majority if they had kids stay at home parents Mm. they did post around with the defense member and not necessarily secure employment so aside from we've changed to the fact that we want meaningful careers we want employment it's Mm. not just that we just want a job we want a meaningful job and we want Mm. a job that satisfies our career goals and all that this generation's been brought up to aspire to but we also in this day and age financially defense families can't necessarily afford to just have the defense member as the breadwinner financially we need to have dual income earning couples in order to be able to if we want to purchase a house or if we're even going back and visiting family and friends that you're posted away from Yeah, absolutely. And that's where things like the Career Evolution Program make all the difference because joining a program like this, you know that you have continued employment. You know that you have that reliance and you're not going to have to resign from your job in 18 months' time if you suddenly get posted to Townsville. You know that you're going to be able to take on a mortgage because you'll have stable employment. You'll have the payslips that are necessary. You'll be able to make ongoing payments. You'll be able to do those kind of things. You can plan a holiday in two years' time knowing that you'll actually have some annual leave accrued and you'll be able to save along the way to make that a financial reality. For a lot of defence partners, that's something that can be really challenging. Whether or not you consider your work opportunities as meaningful and whether that's important to you, being able to contribute financially and to have that opportunity to be an independent partner is really important. And, you know, that's something that's really important to me as a mum. I want my kids to see me doing amazing things just as much as my husband does amazing things. And I want to make sure that they see me as a really positive role model in that regard. Once the dust had settled, like we mentioned, mm. you crash posted up to Brisbane, you were in Tampa accommodation for a little bit, you t- took that time to get settled and then you're into you know, everyday life. Do you mm. make use of any spouse support or do you connect in with any defence events? How do you sort of connect in with your community? I've been really grateful in the past to receive support from both DMFS and DFA. I was supported when my husband was sent on a couple of short notice deployments overseas. I received temporary special needs recognition due to some health issues I was facing in pregnancy. So I really appreciated the support network that Defence has put in place. Within my employer, though, too, um, we have a really great recognition of the challenges that some Defence families are facing, and there's really good additional support networks there for us as well. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Christy, and telling us about your spouse journey and your involvement with the Career Evolution Program. And for those wanting to hear about that program, they can stay tuned because we have more information coming up in the second part of this episode. Nine out of 10 defense spouses wish they found out about Defense Bank sooner. Okay, I might have just made that up and they do sponsor my podcast, but I've checked them out and I think they're worth a look just for their banking app alone. It's award-winning and currently has a rating of 4.8 out of 5 in both the app and Google Play Store. It does everything a big bank app does with cool features like fast same-day payments, card alerts and controls, pin change functionality, savings roundup, spend tracker, the list goes on. Oh, and if you really 
want to go to a Defence Bank branch, you can. There are 33 on-base branches across Australia. And with many of their branch staff a Defence spouse or partner, you'll be talking to someone who just gets it. Banking as a Defence spouse doesn't have to be hard. For more info, visit defencebank.com.au. Welcome to the podcast, Amanda McIntyre, Lead Partner for PwC's Defence Practice. Thanks, Beck. It's really great to be with you today. Firstly, can you tell us a bit about PwC? Who's PwC? What do they do? PwC is a team of more than 10,000 people across Australia, and we deliver integrated solutions in areas such as audit, assurance, consulting, and tax services to more than 5,000 clients across Australia. Our purpose is really to build trust in society and to solve important problems. And we do this through organising ourselves around key clients, which we call accounts. And as you said in your introduction, one of those is the defence account. And I have the privilege of leading the team that turns up every day to bring the best of our technical expertise to partner with the Department of Defence to ultimately deliver on their mission to defend Australia and its national interests in order to advance Australia's security and prosperity. What does that mean in practical terms? Like that sounds really fancy, but on practical terms, like what are the projects and what does that relate to in everyday society for people? We deliver such a range of services and defence is like a small community all in itself. So for PwC, that means we deliver internal audit work. We help deliver business cases for new defence capability. We help defence with its workforce planning to understand what future workforce it needs in areas of training, delivering ICT systems and things as simple as helping roll out desktops and laptops across the defence organisation, which is more than 10,000 units to help defence do its business each and every day. You have a new program called the Career Evolution Program, which is where it fits for defence partners. Can you tell me about that program? Yeah, we do have a new program and we are very, very proud of it. It came about through our work with the Joint Transition Authority and Defence Community Organisation. Through that work, we understood that more than 5,500 ADF members transition from defence in every given year. And we know that while most transition really well, some don't. And it really opened our eyes to the possibility that we couldn't just be turning up every day working side by side with defence designing solutions to problems, but actually we could be part of the system that solve those problems. We have a really large organisation that brings together people from varied backgrounds with a diversity of technical skills. We bring these people together in teams and it's a perfect environment for skills built in the ADF to be transitioned into a post-ADF career. And we know that the PwC brand is one that a lot of employers understand and having PwC on your CV can be really helpful in transitioning from an environment like the ADF where you build great skills but not everybody understands how to deploy them in a civilian context and be that bridge for people to move into their future careers. And so from that idea, a program that involved hiring veterans and their spouses in a way that brought a cohort together to provide support with really structured training was actually born. PwC have offices and staff around the country, which is music to any defence partners' ears because 
the needs of defence partners who are with current serving members are vastly different to those transitioning out. Those transitioning out are staying in technically in one location and the program gives them that stability. But for defence partners being involved with this program and hearing that you have officers around Australia is a great thing because it means that they can potentially take that career with them as they post with the member around the country. A, it is true. We have got PwC officers around the country and deliver to our clients who are geographically all across Australia. And we knew that people lead the ADF for a number of reasons. And one of those reasons is often that toll of military life on partners and families. And sometimes that becomes too much. And despite the fact that there's a meaningful and fulfilling career in the ADF that suits the member, At times, that desire of a spouse for stability or a meaningful career of its own can be the reason that drives separation. And so if we were going to solve the problem of of transition, part of that is actually saying, are we keeping people in the ADF for as long as possible? And so the Career Evolution Program hopefully means that for some couples, an ADF career for one spouse and a meaningful career for the other doesn't have to be an either or scenario it can actually be a scenario and where both can occur and if we can help just a few couples achieve that outcome then I think we are actually contributing to that goal of the ADF retaining its members for longer. Do you need experience or particular skills to apply for the program? How does it sort of work? The program has been designed with the knowledge that the majority of transitions occur five to seven years into an ADF member's career. And we also know that many spouses start on a career, but the disruptions and employment opportunities on postings can then interrupt that career. So we're looking for people who might have early career experience across a variety of industries who are really great communicators, are adaptable and are curious. And then we go about teaching those individuals how to be a consultant. So there's no prior consulting experience necessary. Which is amazing because, as you mentioned, that defence partners can often have stop-start in their career and they don't necessarily go into employment in the various locations that they were initially trained in or that they envisioned, but they've picked up these different skills along the way but may not particularly have a full set of skills for a particular job, but have all these various skills, which can work in with what you're saying for the program. That's exactly right, because we're looking for people that are going to join teams. And so we are going to bring existing skills alongside trained consultants in PwC to to solve a problem. And so many spouses will have skills that will be able to be deployed in the PwC environment. On the practical side, how long does the program go for? What locations is the program run in? Do people get paid or is it like an internship? How does it work? The program is open to all locations across Australia. The current cohort going through, we have participants who are in Townsville, who are in Newcastle and also in Canberra. The program runs for 12 months and we deliberately start everybody at the same time to give them that opportunity to build a cohort around them and to have that supportive environment with other people that are particularly transitioning to a new career. We do pay all of our participants. We generally look at the skills and experience and find that most people come in at 
they're kind of equivalent of a senior associate level to PwC and we pay them in that pay band. And at the end of the 12-month contract, there is the opportunity for participants. If they like the work with PwC and we found that they fit and have transitioned into our environment to get an ongoing role with PwC and to continue their career with us, they might also find that they've built skills and they want to take them on to another employer as well. And that is really what we are aiming to do is to be that bridge to enable someone to continue either with us or onto a future career. If a participant in the program or a defence partner in the program starts off maybe in Canberra doing the program, they finish the 12 months and then their defence member gets their posting, what happens with moving forward with PwC and finding a position in their new location? Is there potential for that? Is that an easy process? Absolutely. PwC has many staff that join us because we are an Australia-wide organisation or for that matter, a global organisation. And so we know that mobility and that ability to move between different PwC offices is something that people are attracted to us as an organisation for. And, And on the flip side, that actually offers us that flexibility to be able to move spouses around to meet the the posting cycle need. So it's not something we've had to design specifically for this program. It's already built into the DNA of PwC as an organisation. And yes, we would be very supportive of helping someone transition if they needed to. Most of the participants in the program at the moment are working on jobs that are Canberra-based, but the individuals don't need to physically be in Canberra to perform those roles. So they may be able to be posted and just continue doing the work that they're doing from an alternate location. Amazing news for any defence partner who knows what it's like to post and have to find a new position, especially if they're in employment that they love and they don't want to leave. Having the option to be able to take it with them to whichever location is an amazing thing. Working alongside defence, having veterans in our organisation and having many PwC staff whose partners are current serving ADF or are themselves ADF reservists. We've already got an understanding of what military life is and some of the implications of that. We can provide stability in the employment context for someone. We know that we just take away one of those things that can be a stress on people's lives. What other steps have PwC taken to ensure that they aren't just employing defence partners but are also a defence partner friendly employer? You mentioned you have that huge understanding what defence life is like, what the lifestyle is like, what transitioning members face and you account for all of those different scenarios. But when it comes to say for instance like we mentioned a defence partner posting to another location there's a period of time where it takes a while to get settled in a new location. You may need to take extra leave from work and You might have a deployed member and have requirements for solo parenting that may come into the picture when you have those different situations come up. What other things have PwC taken into account when it comes to supporting defence partners in their role with PwC? I think we are looking at that across our entire workforce. We know through, we employ more than 10,000 people and they have their own varied commitments. We have Olympians that work for us that need the flexibility for their training schedules and obviously time off to attend the events that they are competing with in. We have 
entrepreneurs, we have people who are working and studying, people with caring responsibilities, and people that just want flexibility in when and where they work. Over the last four or five years, I've been with PwC five years now, I've certainly seen that continued transition in terms of how we make the way we work flexible so people can integrate their work and life. And we've been on that journey that moves away from flexibility just being the old school permanent part-time where you change your work hours so that you can drop the kids off and pick them up in the afternoon to that true flexibility that says, how do you want to work? What are the outcomes that we need to deliver for our clients? And how can we integrate those in the way that works best for people? So for some spouses, that might be a regular working pattern, but when deployments are happening, a shift to that to allow them to take on their additional caring responsibilities. For some people, and in fact, one of our members in the Career Evolution Program is working five days in four so that they can take on additional caring responsibilities for their child on the fifth day. We employ people who've got uh, spouses in emergency services and in healthcare who themselves work shift work. And so our PwC employees want to work around that. So I think we're an organisation that has really lent into and engaged with that problem of how do we shift our mindset away from the nine to five, Monday to Friday working week and actually come together to say, this is what we need to do to solve a problem. What are we going to do to do that? And then how do we fit the tasks that need to be done around the other commitments that we've got in our lives? And so we do all work flexibly. I like to finish kind of mid-afternoon, early evening so that I can do dinner with my family and then I tend to log back on in the later evening. We're trying to encourage that for everybody and for military spouses, we're trying to look at what are the needs that you have and how can we fit the work that we're going to give you around that. The Career Evolution Pilot Program is actually underway at the moment and is going to finish up at some point this year. What has been the feedback and how has it been going? This year was a pilot and I think you always head into a pilot knowing that there'll be some lessons learned. The current cohort started on the 14th of February and are now more than six months into their journey with us. The participants are fabulous and it has been such a joy to watch them come into the PwC environment and thrive. We put a lot of planning in and and a lot of that has proved to be really successful in terms of starting everyone as a cohort, having really structured training and having mentors and support around the participants. But we've just gone through a lessons learned exercise to make sure that the program for next year's cohort is even better than the one we've delivered this year. But for me, we are going to offer the majority of those participants ongoing contracts. And that is probably the key KPI that this has been a real success. For those defence partners listening and think, oh, that sounds like a good fit for me, or I might want to think about that in the future because I want to be able to have a career that I can take around the country with me, or maybe they want to think about getting their defence member to listen and that might be part of their transition plan to look at employment with you guys. So how do people find out more information and cut off for applications and all of that sort of stuff? 
Applications are currently open for the 2023 program. The cutoff for those applications is the 18th of September and people can find out more by searching for PwC Career Evolution Program and there is a website that provides further information. There's probably one thing and only one thing that people have to have and that is Australian citizenship. Given the nature of the work that we do, we really struggle to be able to deploy people to clients if they don't have Australian citizenship. They don't have to have a security clearance. If they're going to be working on work that requires a security clearance, we will sponsor them and help them to get a clearance themselves. And it would be remiss of me not to point out that just because this program was born out of an idea of helping defence and military spouses doesn't necessarily mean that you will be deployed working on defence-related jobs. People that join this program can work across the full spectrum of clients that PwC delivers work for banks, for mining companies, for not-for-profits, for other government departments and other corporates. So just because you understand defence and come out of defence doesn't mean that that's the only place that we think we can deploy your skills. Thank you so much, Amanda, for coming on the podcast and telling us about the Career Evolution Program, which is obviously in pilot mode at the moment, but is going to be rolled out around the country next year for all to apply. But applications are open now. So those who are listening to this and think, oh, that sounds like I want to jump on board, should jump on and get their applications in or find out more information on the website. Thanks, Beck. And we really look forward to seeing all of that applications. It would be remiss of me not to point out that it's a very simple process. And so people don't need to worry about a lengthy application process. It is simply submitting a CV. So if people are sitting on the fence, I would really encourage them to think about this program and potentially joining us in 2023. I so hope you are able to relate or take something away from today's episode. There are definite ups and downs to military life, but let's get the conversation happening so we can see that we are all in this together. We are all just doing our best. So until next week, you got this. Let's do this together one day at a time. Thank you so much for tuning in. If this episode has touched you, helped you, or given you that extra confidence to keep going, to continue to hold down the home front, to continue to do all the things, I would so appreciate it if you could pop into Apple Podcasts and subscribe to the podcast and leave a review, a comment about what you would like to hear more of, or just some encouraging words. If you want to suggest a guest, I am always looking for new people to talk to. You can do that by jumping over to the website www.militarylife.com.au and clicking on our podcast page. I would love to hear from you. 